Welcome to the New Providence Presbyterian Church podcast, where we will share our messages from our weekend worship services. We hope these messages will inspire you and challenge you in your walk with Jesus. Um, welcome to New uh, Providence Presbyterian Church. Today is Caring Ministry Sunday, and I'm Joy. I'm a deacon here at um, NPPC. And um, I just felt like the Lord was calling me to be a deacon. And um, I resisted a lot because I felt like I would be emotionally depleted and physically exhausted. (laughs) Service, you know, it's not really the best call phrase, right? (laughs) But instead, I received so much care and refreshment, I could have never guessed. Never guessed. So... My cup has been pressed down, shaken together, and it is overflowing, thanks to this wonderful ministry here at church. Good morning, I'm Karen Wolak, and I'm a deacon. First Peter 4.10 says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in various forms. I found the following verses from 1 Thessalonians 5 to be an unofficial guideline for me as a deacon. They've helped me to keep a perspective as I serve my flock. I'm going to read a highlight point of each verse, but I encourage you to read through the whole chapter as we continue to serve one another. 1 Thessalonians 5.11, build each other up. 1 Thessalonians 5.14, encourage the disheartened. 1 Thessalonians 5.14, help the weak. 1 Thessalonians 5.14, be patient. 1 Thessalonians 5.16, be joyful. 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray continuously. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, give thanks. And 1 Thessalonians 5.23, count on God's help. Good morning. I'm Mary D'Alessio, and I'm a deacon here at our church. I thank God for placing me here today with believers in his mighty word as we stand in the gap for others and our church, especially during difficult times. I am so truly blessed to be in unison alongside my fellow deacons, led by the examples of the anointed leadership of our church and united by our common love for God, as we are called to be the conduits of his peace and love in the lives of others. When I was asked to be a deacon, I began to think of what the job description would really detail. Previously working in sales and marketing in the corporate world, the mentality of the client, increasing sales, developing new territory was paramount. Veering into education, uh, reaching goals, clarifying objectives was always measurable. None of these seemed to apply. This was different, a calling, a work for the kingdom. The words of my favorite movie kept coming to me, failure is not an option. Apollo 13, for those of you who may not have seen it, but all kidding aside, we all gather here today with a willingness and desire to be successful conduits of his love for our church and our flocks. We are his people, his sheep. 
I prayed and searched the scripture. 1 Peter 2.9 says, You can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. This word became a guiding light for me as I prepared to be a deacon here at our church. And when we think of how God called us out of his presence and encouraged us, we can look also at 2 Corinthians 3.18, how God encourages us that we can all be mirrors that brightly reflect the glory of the Lord as the spirit of the Lord within us becomes stronger, we become more and more like him. As an English teacher, I noticed the repetition of the words light and mirror and reflection, and I prayed during my time in prayer with the Lord that he would lead me to do what would be a mirror of his caring love of our Savior to each of the members of my flock and the specificities of their needs. I prayed for wisdom, trusting in the words of James, that he who asks for wisdom, God would give generously. And after meeting so many members of our church body and their family, I was humbled and blessed by the living word of God and the commitment to his word that resides in the members of our church. I met moms, dads, grandparents, teenagers, children, all believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I was encouraged and felt the Holy Spirit enlightening me to the beauty and knowledge that there are many of us on this planet and in this church, although diverse in our beings and our experiences, we are united by the love of our Heavenly Father and drawn together by our common belief in our risen Savior Christ. We as a church are truly a united force of commitment, caring, and love to our God and to one another. I am so encouraged by each of you and feel the strength of our loving God as we stand united and determined in his purpose to reflect his love, his shelter, his tender mercies for the members of our church, our community, and the world in which we live. Thanks to each of you for the strength of your fellowship as we do his work and reflect his love to each other and to others. Thank you. Good morning, church. My name is Ann Lesnowich, and I am a deacon. I've been a member here since the early 90s. Like many moms, I first got involved in the church in the children's ministry during doing nursery duty, vacation Bible school, kids club, youth club director, helping with online and salt. And before I knew it, my time with children and student ministries were done. That's when I became a deacon for the first time. My flock was in Basking Ridge in Bernardsville, and I enjoyed checking in on my members, but I never really had to do anything to help any of them in a meaningful way. I was deacon of that flock for six years before having to rotate off. It was during my time off as deacon that I developed breast cancer and had two surgeries, followed by chemo and radiation as a cancer had been found in my lymph nodes. During this time, Proverbs 3, 5, 5 to 6 became my mantra. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. I kept waiting to freak out. It didn't happen after the diagnosis. It didn't happen after the first or second surgery. It didn't happen after the chemo started and my hair began falling out. It didn't happen after I finished chemo and started daily radiation treatments for five weeks. God kept me calm and thankful, thankful for each day, 
Thankful that the chemo wasn't as bad as I expected. Thankful for all the cards and notes of encouragement I received from this congregation. Colleen checked in on me regularly. Many people made meals or sent gift cards. It was wonderful. I still have all the cards in my office and all the emails and texts. When I'm having a tough day, they remind me of Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I was grateful that I did not ask why me, but instead went about dealing with my situation with the mindset that I was incredibly lucky to have breast cancer in New Jersey in the midst of some of the greatest cancer treatment centers in the world. I was so grateful for all the prayers from our church and the many ways they helped Bob and me. When I finally rang the bell after I finished radiation, it was hard to believe I was on the other side of the treatment. I know it doesn't always go smoothly for everyone, so I felt very blessed to have had an easier time than most. It was at the end of that year that Colleen asked me if I could take over for Louise Dietz's flock since she was moving away. I immediately said yes, knowing that this experience had prepared me to be a better deacon. I am blessed to be a deacon now to the members of my own neighborhood, many of whom I've known for a long time and did not need to get to know. I was now able to use my experience receiving care to up my game in giving care. I realized that people felt good about being able to help and I didn't need to pretend that I could do it on my own. Then came COVID-19 and the whole world changed. No chatting with folks at coffee hour, no flock get-togethers. I even hesitated about making cookies at Christmas. My deaconing became more computer and phone-centered. It was a strange time for sure. Through it all, I have done my best to make sure my flock feels cared for. It's been great to be back at church, and I'm so happy to see all the steps we're taking to bring things back to normal. To finish up, I have to say I've learned so much from Colleen and my deacon group leaders and the fellow deacons. I've learned how to care for others in the Christ-centered way, and I've learned how to accept help from others without guilt. I thank God and all of you who've helped me on this faith journey. Thank you. Sorry, takes me a time to get adjusted here. All right, good morning, church. I'm Lydia Wong, and you may know me as an elder or as a youth club teacher, VBS and Sunday school music teacher, or for the years I spent in the kitchen during online dinners. I have loved serving at this church because I got to know so many of you and your children personally, and it really filled my soul to serve. But. I'm here today to talk about how I was served by the deacons of this church during a pandemic that took away so much of what our church meant to me. As many of you can probably relate, the isolation of the pandemic meant that I didn't get to casually catch up with many of you. Without those touch points, our church family seemed to shrink to just those in my living room for online services. That is, until last October, when my husband went in for his first ever colonoscopy. Yes. Calvin looks like he's in his 20s, but in fact, he is old enough to get a colonoscopy. <laughs> Without symptoms, and in what I truly believe was a decision led by God, Calvin scheduled his first screening, and they found cancer. So, our fall took a quick turn. While I had been preparing for a freshman in high school and a junior about to launch into his hardest year yet, and both after two years of no school or virtual school, I now had to set all that aside and beat cancer. But I wasn't alone, not at all. 
And here's where I convince you that not only are our deacons the most important arm of this church, but also that anyone that feels called to serve as a deacon should do it. After years of wonderful service by Fred and Judy Waltz, we had a new deacon this year, Don Ham. He's not just a new deacon, but he's also a relatively new member of our church after attending for years with his wife. After her passing, Don stepped up and became a deacon for the first time. Ladies, isn't that what we would want for our husbands if we were to go home to God first? That in our absence, our husbands would lean into the church? As an aside, I have to comment on what a remarkable testimony that must be to Don's children and grandchildren. But back to our story. I reached out to Don for prayer support, and he asked if he could share with some deacons and other members who are prayer warriors for us members. People, there are folks out there who just want to pray for you. And it was so out of character for me, but at this point, all I could do was pray, so I said he could share it. Let me tell you, the immediate responses that I received still bring me to tears. So many of you, deacons and other prayer warriors, texted me their prayers, including the days before and day of surgery, when the fear was at its worst, and checked in on us for months afterwards. And here's where I tell you my side of the story. While it's terrible to have cancer, it's terrible in a different way to be the caretaker. Same fears, same worries, but just a few degrees different. You're the healthy one, the caretaker, so you take care of everything while he focuses on all of the tests that he has to take and spends time with friends and family to keep his spirits up. But you're also scared, you're also nervous, and in the deep of night, you think about what might be and how you will handle it. And people keep asking how he's doing, but few remember to ask how you're doing. So, Don played the typical deacon role. He checked in on us frequently and brought us bagels. There's a funny side story there. As I said, Don was new to the role and asked, am I supposed to coordinate meals for you? To which I responded, Don, one of my best friends and neighbors is Jessica Kim, who used to be a deacon, so let's just let her take care of the meals. So we really are a church family, right? But where Don played a critical role to me was that as a man, he could talk to Calvin at a time when I really couldn't shoulder that burden too. I am not someone who is, as the kids would say, in my feelings. I am an operations kind of person. I figure out your goals and I can get you there from here. But I'm not so good with talking about feelings in the process. Maybe it's the Chinese upbringing, Maybe it's because if I opened that up a little, I was afraid of how much would come spilling out and if I would be able to stop it up again. I just couldn't take care of the family's needs and care for our boys and at the same time process our adult feelings. So, Don would come and chat with Calvin and in that way, Don served us both. Because serving as a deacon means something different for each family and the deacon has to discern what's needed. What a gift and what a calling. To wrap up our story, thanks to God's nudge to get a colonoscopy, Calvin is now cancer-free after surgery. No chemo, no radiation. It was one scary month, but that was it. Consider this our public service announcement to anyone has been putting it off. More importantly, for today, in honor of our deacons, elders, staff, and volunteers, here are some thoughts based on our experience. One, our deacons are literally the hands and feet of this church. 
serving our members with their strengths, but also relying on other deacons to help in their weaknesses. Deacons don't have to do it all. They just have to care. So don't pigeon yourself, pigeonhole yourself away from a role based on notions of what a deacon should look like or be able to do. Don served us with his life experiences, being an older believer who's been on the other side of grief. And he served Calvin as another man of God who could share in his fears by relying on the same faith. He didn't have to make us a meal, although he did bring us bagels. He could rely on others in the congregation for that. And you know that this congregation steps it up for a meal sign up. Don led us with his unique skills, and I didn't even know I needed them until I experienced it. Two, I also have to say that it was wonderful for our sons to see a male deacon, just like it's important for them to have male salt leaders and male Sunday school teachers. We all have the same belief and worship the same God, but we each process our experiences here on this earth differently, which is why it's so important that we seek diversity in our servants and in our leaders. Three, lastly, for anyone that has felt withdrawn because of the pandemic, I hear you. I went from coming to this church three to four times every week to attending virtual service and just feeling cut off. And the well ran dry without this church. But then, as soon as we received Calvin's diagnosis, our church family was there as before. So my message to you is this. Come back, reach out, ask for help, and serve each other. Because if your well has been running dry as you go on 25 months in your living room, I promise that being back in touch with real people will fill you. To Don, and to all the deacons past and present, my family thanks you for being God's hands and feet here on this earth. And to everyone else, when your deacon emails or calls you, will you reply even if it's just to say hi? They really just want to meet you and get to know you and know how to serve you without asking anything in return. How often in life does that happen? How often do people just pray for you? But know that even in your silence, they are thinking of your family and ready to serve you. I hope you don't ever need them, but as we all know, you probably will, and usually at an inconvenient time and in an unexpected way and what a gift they are at those times. Thank you.